Bill, that was Amy Edelstein. Uh, like many of our guests, she has had a uh, a long and, and uh, complex spiritual journey. She's really been to the Chinese, India, uh, Western elements of it. And uh, it, what's most impressive to me is she spent all that time in India, all that time in the East, and then comes back to Philadelphians working with high school kids. Pretty yeah. amazing. And uh, it, it's um, it's easier said than done because, look, I was in India for two weeks and I came back and I went. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it was like, you know, you're like, you know, stunned for a while. She was there for four years and you've spent a lot of time in India. Yeah, and but you, never you more than a month. What's that? Never more than a month at a time. Yeah, so she's there to come back like that. It's just really got to be mind boggling. But she seemed very uh, wow. even, very centered. And, uh, you know, whatever her practice, obviously, she's, you know, it's it's created great steadiness and, and focus in her. She um, is a real dedicated practitioner and uh, seeker of wisdom. Uh, you know, there's a, a lot of people have uh, a kind of casual right. um, approach to spirituality. They're focused on, you know, whatever occupies their career for much of the day. And, you know, they have a slots for their spirituality. They may take it seriously or but it's not uh, dominant. Right. But then you, you, made it, you made an interesting point during the interview where you said, like, you know, uh, having experienced being very in a tight knit spiritual community of like minded people. Uh, uh, when you're in that tight knit community, it's very easy to maintain your practice and all that. When you come right. out of it, on the one hand, you feel relaxed. You're not you're not a, a part of a group. And there's a certain liberating feeling that comes from that. But on the other hand, uh, you, 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 it takes a little bit more discipline, a little bit more focus to maintain uh, the, 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 uh, the practice, the, the benefits that you were getting and creating a balance there. And, and but she's one of those people who uh, is truly devoted to her spiritual right. life. And uh, it, it expressed itself in different ways, that, that commitment and that yearning uh in different ways throughout her life which are fascinating right and, even I, and I think now, that you... even now she's her work right is focused you know into bringing what she's learned into you know the lives of uh other young people, people young people yeah so. and that's not it that's not necessarily an easy thing and the other thing that was fascinating is that most people uh when they go on a spiritual journey like that wind up with one teacher, one path, one. She seems to have taken a little bit or a lot from a variety of teachings and 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 put them together. Uh, and, her, you know, coming from a family that had a very strong academic background, her father was a uh, particle physicist and, and, and you know, uh, probably working in, 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 in very abstract areas, math, very materialistic. And, uh, she, she took a, a different route, but she said her father, you know, uh, continually asked her very, you know. Uh, well, you know, my father was a plumber. Innovative questions, yeah. And yeah. so I didn't come, you know, I didn't have that right. same kind of upbringing, but it was similar in that my parents also were uh, secular Jews who had nothing to do with religion. 
So they weren't academics. Uh, they were working class and, and always struggling financially. But um, they were smart, and they taught me to ask tough questions and to think for myself. And I'll bet it was very similar, you know, in, in Amy's household. So having that kind of sec, what I, one of the things I've learned when I, you know, because I've inter interviewed so many hundreds of people for my books, sometimes uh, people who come from religious backgrounds and just shift to a different kind of spirituality they have to unlearn a lot. And people who grew up like with atheist parents and uh, materialist parents, they too have to unlearn a lot when they get on a spiritual path. But in so, if you grew up in an inquisitive household like I did, I, I, it was actually for me, it was not as much, I didn't have as much to unlearn as some of the people I knew who grew up in religious households, right. you know, it was a, it was a part of an open inquiry right. in life for me. And because I think when you were in a religious household, uh, you, you, you're told these are all the answers. You have all the answers, you know, and then you have to sort of break from that. And there's a resistance to do that. That's especially right. if it's put into you, it, like, like in Catholicism, you have this thing, catechism. Who made me? God made me. Why did God make me? It was called the Baltimore Catechism. And I found the book recently in my garage. And it really like it tells this is it, you know, and then and, and to break from that. And the, the other thing is, you mentioned, you know, people that come from working class background, uh, you get to see all types of people. Yeah. You get to meet, and one of the things my father, my father, especially was, if you grew up in Brooklyn, like I yeah. did. But my, my, you know, I was born in Jersey City. My father was uh, the first in his family to go to college. But before that, he, he worked four years after high school. My mother went to work when she was 14. And as my father would always say, you know, you go to college. He would warn me. He said, you're going to meet all kinds of people like you. They like to read. They like to... The world's not made up of people like that. The world's made up of all kinds of people. So you got to go out in the world. I always had to have a job. I always had a mingle. I always, in the summers, it meant, summer meant work. I couldn't wait to go back to school most of the time. And it was like, but you, you met all kinds of people and you respect that. Whereas uh, uh, if you're just around people that have similar education, similar backgrounds, you, you don't get that diversity. There's, there's something lost in that. And I think people on a spiritual quest, it's good and important to, 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 uh, to have a real uh, diversity of, of people that you're interacting with. Well, that's often what triggers a spiritual quest. It, it's like you get, I, I, I knew a lot of people who grew up in religious households and they, adopted that and then they go off to college and they find different ways of looking at the world and things shift similar you know with me i grew up with anti-religious marxist you know parents who thought religion was the opium of the people and then you know it's during my college years you know i came up i was think i wanted you know to know more i wanted truth and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I was exposed to things. Right. Well, well did you experience uh, uh, that once you were meditating and once you were in a spiritual path that you went back and said, I, I have to look at Judaism, Judaism from that angle. There was some stuff. Yeah, there. I never did because I never had much of a Jewish upbringing. Right. I, the, the religious aspect of Judaism was never part of my growing up. As an adult, I, I have more respect for it than right. I did growing up, of right. course. But um, 
but I it it's never drawn me as a spiritual path. It's right. drawn me as a matter of a curiosity and wanting to know more about all right. the world's traditions. Right. So I've learned more about it and have high regard for it, just as I do all the other traditions. But I never felt personally that um, it was my path. Right. I, I grew up Catholic and uh, my parents were very open-minded. No, you know, all religions were fine or no religion was fine. Uh, but, uh, and, and then, uh, and I didn't go to Catholic school, but, but I did come to the point where I embraced it and then I totally rejected it. Then I got, I started a TM and I started meditating and studying and on, be, be on a serious spiritual path. And then I looked back and I thought, well, yeah, there, it was good and bad. I was sort of in the middle on it. There were some things that were good there, but boy, they really went off the road on this one. And, uh, and, and that what, what was also disturbing uh, and I think is uh, it, it was the narrow mindedness that we we this is this is the way it is. And but so, you had great food, Dennis. What's that? You had great food. Well, depends. Mm -hmm. No, no, actually we didn't because when I grew up, they I'm going to tell you this. They would well, I had good food at home, but uh, but uh, you you the the Italians went to the Italian Catholic Church, the Irish went to the Irish Catholic Church. My father, for whatever reason, felt that the head of the, the, the priest that ran the Catholic Church, the, the Italian Catholic Church, Our Lady of Libra, was a little uh, too mixed up with, with, with the mob, you know. So we went to the uh, Slavic Church, and I had to sit there as a kid and listen to lectures in Slavic, and then when they had some kind of feast or meal, it was this Kabbasian stuff that I couldn't, you know, oh. it didn't ring a bell for me because I'm used to pasta and, you know, so, you know, Italian. I always used to envy my Italian friends because they had much better food. Uh, the feast. Anyway, of, hey, yeah. back to Amy Edelstein. Yeah. Great book. We're going to get that book uh, out there to, to folks. Great story. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, the story of Shangri-La that, and I think people, when they, read that, uh, we'll get inspired that, you know, there are places, there is a possibility that we can have a brighter world, because right now, we're not living in, most people would think we're not living in Shangri-La right now, and... Uh, no, you know, I wish I'd thought of asking her if she knows what that part of the world is like now. Right, because she was here 40 years ago. Years yeah. later. I was thinking that... A lot time. of those places, you know, I've been to places in India um, that people I know were in 40, 50 years ago, and they describe it very differently from what right. I see now. Right. India, has, those places have changed and civilization has come to many of those places and population growth has right. come and political upheavals. So I wonder what it's like now. But one of the interesting things about Amy and her life, and it's in the book, is, you know, a lot of people, when, when we were young and got on a spiritual quest in, in the 70s, 60s, 70s, uh, not everybody went and trekked in, in the mountains of, you know, and, and lived among, you know, village people and all that. That's, that's very adventurous. She was very, I mean, she did for, a lot of trekking. And she went off the, the, the you know, she wasn't on the main highway. She was right. very impressive what she did and uh, what she what she gained and gathered from it because it, it was a rugged path, you know, just, just physically hard to do that yeah. type of travel. And even today, but, uh, you know, in, in any event, well, uh, very insightful. I think it's fantastic that she's working with kids. 
Uh, she's working from kids who are yeah. underserved communities. And uh, I know a lot of people who have tried to create school programs to bring meditation and mindfulness and yoga. It's not easy. And they often have, you know, difficulty. Well, um, the other thing is that, and I brought that up, that uh, I'm surprised she hasn't gotten more resistance because yeah, uh, I mentioned my father helped get TM into the schools. And I know the David Lynch Foundation, they were always been battling and in Encinitas, California, that yoga lawsuit. Got, they got into a court case. And that was one of the few court cases where the yoga people won. You right. know? And and uh, so there's always, and, and again, it's that narrow-mindedness that, oh, it's not from our tradition. It's not Christian. It's not this, that. So we can't let it in. So, But it's, she uh, obviously packaged it yeah. very well and satisfied the requirements. So, you know, kudos to her. Right. So another good interview. Excellent. Everybody oh, out there, okay. subscribe. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. It would mean a lot to, to 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 us if you did that, and whether you're listening or watching. And uh, write us. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, we have some more. We have more and more uh, guests coming, and and some really terrific ones. They're all good. Yeah, and you know, you discover interesting people like Amy Edelstein who you may not have come across otherwise. That's one of our missions is to interview famous people and people who people should, should be famous. famous. And, and the other thing I would say is that uh, uh, often people and this are out and they're seekers, they're spiritual, they're looking for more and they feel very alone because maybe they're in a community or a family, whatever, that's not like them. You're not alone. Just not alone. Archives. <laughs> okay. Right. Next, Next time. time.